I'm watching those guys and women do Pilates in there to look to your right, but don't talk until you're looking back at the mic. Okay. So you're talking to anyway. I know. You told oh me not gosh, to do it, so, so I was just going to do it. Oh, my God. So I work in a Pilates studio, for those of you who are not in the room with us, and we're watching a class, and I am exhausted, and I would love to be able to sit and do that. I don't think that I could. I mean, I could, maybe on a really good day. Could you? No. Barbara Hoon, who's the owner and, and is teaching that class, wants us to come on in. I'm, I'm a little nervous because my body hasn't done any lifting of anything. I don't... I don't basically. Yeah, I don't, think I, could, I don't think I can actually do that. You could. No, I don't really don't think I could. Wait, let's try. Lift, release. Lift, I'm already tired just release. watching them. Lift. Why are you tired? Because I think our mattress stinks. <sighs> our mattress stinks. I'm up all night. It's awful. So why don't we get a new one? That might be a good idea. Can we get an organic mattress? No. Why? Because organic is all foofy. It's what? Foofy. It just means it's not treated with pesticides and chemicals. How do you know the other one's treated with pesticides and chemicals? Because they actually say it. Yeah. And fireproof, that's all chemicals. Like you're you're laying on it. How often are you in bed? um, Lately? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, I, I... I, I think by law the the mattress has to be like some sort of fireproof to begin with, and if if if, if it's organic, it has. To, how are you going to have an organic fireproof? They don't. They don't. Fire, I think they don't fireproof. I forget. You can get it like from Denmark. From I think Europe. I'd rather have a fireproof mattress. Because we smoke cigarettes in bed. No, just just in case. There's like that safety thing. First of all, if the house Rocco is on, could spontaneously okay. combust. <laughs> no, you better not. <laughs> I'll be combusting right next. Time. If we are in our bed, the last thing to, that's going to light on fire before we die will be the mattress. The whole house has to go first. So, like, I'm not worried about the mattress being fireproof. We don't have candles in there. Yeah, but we don't smoke. We don't have any, like, weird, holy shit, they're doing push-ups. Yeah. Okay, so I have to tell you that... I just want to just go for a run. I have that love-hate relationship with running, but it's the only thing that really works for me. Did you run yesterday? No, but I did do legs at the gym. Yeah, you did run. I can't walk upstairs right now. Um, I have to tell you that um, Mike Michalowicz, who's our next guest, um, do you remember when he, we, he used to be a neighbor? I would, see, I would see him at like 6 o'clock in the morning if I was out early walking the dogs. Yeah. He'd be in... Uh, it's Muty. Yeah, they yeah. would be out riding a bike or uh, running around the um, neighborhood yeah, so really Mike, early. Mike Michalowicz, for those of you who aren't me and Dave and don't know Mike Michalowicz was our neighbor for like 13 years Mike Michalowicz is um, he's written a bunch of books he's an entrepreneur who's been featured on pretty much every money show you've ever imagined and his most recent book, book is Profit First so we always knew Mike is our neighbor right yeah I'm friends with his wife Krista our kids his, his son stuff and my was, I mean, son his, his message is amazing his message is amazing it, and it's so simple well, it's simple if you do it. Right. You just have to do it. Yeah. And so so as we're talking about exercise, Mike, even in the winter, ran. Like, I remember when it was getting colder, he'd run with, like, knee-high socks. Do you remember that? Those are compression socks. Oh. And he has, like, strong calves and stuff. So we'd be, like, driving. I would, I would rather run outside in the cold than, like, he was doing than run in the heat. And the you humidity. know, nothing's stopping you. Except this podcast. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> so, um, so Mike is our guest. But we already recorded, so I'm going to give you a little teaser on what we just talked about. I, he said he hates exercise, and I was like, yay, me too, but you exercise and I don't. 
and he said that he puts his sneakers on the toilet every morning so that he, when he gets up, he has to put shoes on. And it's like, I might as well just go do it. But you'll listen. You'll, I, I don't want to give too much away. You'll hear that. See, I, I have my sneakers at the side of the bed. Yeah, and I just ignore them. Right, exactly. I would kick them I walk, away. I walk right past them yeah. just to go to the bathroom. We'll get there. Yeah, someday. Before we die. Yeah. Hopefully not for a long time. Maybe we get a mattress first. Okay, so we have to start saving some money. Profit first. Profit first. And we're going to find out how. In just a second, so tune in. If you're not listening, if you're not in a place where you could stop and listen for the next 20, 25 minutes, put your headsets on. Right? Are your headsets on? I'm wearing headsets, yes. Yeah, do you want to listen with me, Dave? I'd rather go for a run, but all right, yeah, no, let's, but, let's listen. But, so you know, actually, so I'll put can... the podcast in when I go to the gym. Or you can listen right now. You're listening to Access and Expand, conversations that offer you access to information that expands your mind. I'm your host, Tiffany Curran. So it is a really special day today. <laughs> Do you hear that all the time? No. So special to see you, Mike. It's special. Is it, is it my birthday? Is it your birthday? No. Is it sure? yours? Yeah, now it feels like it. it feels it's someone's like it. birthday today. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here with Mike Michalowicz. Mike Michalowicz has written a number of books. The most recent is Profit First. So I, money and me are like totally polar opposites. Like I have no, 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 no. I want a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't want to figure it out. Yeah. I want someone to t- tell me what, how to make a lot of money, how to keep a lot of money. And I just thought that it was make a lot of money pay everybody off when I'm done paying everybody off whatever's left is like party time yeah you sound right? very human that's one of the to be known that's normal that's typical right yeah I didn't know well I mean I guess I thought that who didn't want that until someone said to me so my friend Samantha Story she is a facial acupuncturist okay and a breath killer and she works in, in Soho and she said uh, have you read Profit First and I was like wait a minute <laughs> I did my neighbor. <laughs> he was until well, he was, left us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I was like, I know him. He's in my building. She's like, no way. Amaya Dubay, sorry if I said your name wrong, Amay, from Align, New York. <laughs> okay. Very successful acupuncturist. Just got a building right across from, um, you know, uh, the Empire State Building. I was going to say the thing that the gorilla. <laughs> I've not had. I've had like three sips of coffee. Good morning. Um, <laughs> said, you know, you have to read this book. So for healers yeah. to want to read a book about money is like, so I'm like, wait a minute. What? What? And when I, and when I heard profit first, it sounds like, screw the people, profit first. But that's not what it is at all. It's actually about how you can make money, grow your business, right. grow your life. Right. Right? Like when you, you were in one interview, I don't remember what it was, you were saying like you were going away for like two weeks in this beautiful trip. You were finally able to do this. You went to take your money out and someone has to sign the check with you or something. They were like, this is not for expenses. Yes. So can you talk about, I think we're so confused about how money works, right? And and even like you're talking about the Parkinson principle. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, Charlotte. So what's so interesting I found, I've had many businesses, you've had Many. <laughs> Many, right? Me too. And my businesses, as I ran them while they were growing, were never profitable. And the stress that's associated with that, when you can't pay your employees or pay for the rent of your space, is overwhelming. 
So I thought I was alone. And I discovered the vast majority, there's a statistic, 83% of small businesses, and that's defined by the SBA, that a company that does $25 million in annual revenue or less. So that's everyone that yeah. I know. That's yeah. me, right? Yeah. Um, to 83% of these businesses are surviving check by check. It's constant hand to mouth. So I'm like, what's wrong with us? Are, are we all missing a part of our brain? <laughs> and then that's when I realized that the formula we're told for profitability is total BS. So we're told that sales minus expenses equals profit. The foundational formula. We even use the vernacular, profit's the bottom line or the year end. But it's human nature. When something comes last, it means it's insignificant. Like you would never call your family, if you love your family, you'd never say, I put my family last, <laughs> you know? And, and the people you dis dislike, they're the ones who are the bottom feeders. All those things mean avoid, dislike. Mm -hmm. And we're told profit comes last. So our behavior is at the end of the year, we see our accountant, she runs our numbers and she says, oh, sorry, no profit. Right. And I used to make, oh, shucks. Maybe, well, I wouldn't say shucks. This is something different. You but do the front work. Yeah, a little bit more. <laughs> um, but I would say, well, maybe next year. And I'd literally delay the consideration. So what I didn't profit first was realize profit is the most important element of our business for our sustainability. It is the health of our business. Yeah. So I flipped the formula. It's sales minus profit equals expenses. And in practice, every time you have revenue come into your business, you immediately take a predetermined percentage of that money as profit. Mm -hmm. It's the pay yourself first principle applied to business. Yeah. And, and to your point earlier, people hear the title profit first, like, oh, that guy's greedy, <laughs> you know, money miser. <laughs> and I get it. I get it when you see that. But no, it's just, it, it positions the formula that profit must come first because that's your sustainability. And the beautiful thing with profit is you do what you choose to do with it. Yeah. You, you live the life you define for yourself. Um, use it to support your family. Give it back to your community. I don't care. But we need to take it first so that the business can be healthy and sustainable. Yeah. And I think that when even you said Mikey Miser. Yeah. Which, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your search? Mike Motorbike. Oh, Mike Motorbike. Yeah. So oh, if so people don't know how to spell your name, is that why you did that? Yeah, because my last name is McCallowitz. Like, I struggle with that name. No, you don't. It's Paul. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Krista does, my wife. No, she does. not occasionally. No, I mean, not anymore. Right. But occasionally. And God forbid you go to a restaurant and you want to make a reservation. And they're like, McCallow. What? And pff. Mike Motorbike. Yeah, Mike Motorbike. So my nickname, I went to Boot and High right down here. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Did you go to Mountain Lakes? No, I went to Montville. Oh, Montville. Okay, yeah, so you're yeah, a local yeah. Jersey girl. Yeah. So uh, my nickname was Mike Motorbike because no one could say McCallowitz. And uh, I never driven a motorcycle. <laughs> I have no aspiration to. But so I, I was like a couple months ago or a couple of years ago, I'm like, oh, I'll see if I can buy the domain. And Mike Motorbike was available.com. Go figure. Go figure. Who, who doesn't want Mike Motorbike? Everyone wants Mike <laughs> Motorbike. So if you go to Mike now Motorbike, yeah, now yeah. it goes to my website. Yeah. So um, that's I, I. When I heard you say that, I looked it up and I was like, "No shit, that works." It works. <laughs> it works. But so when you talked about again, where people say like profit first and, and miser and all these things, yeah. um, I think it takes away from the fact that we think of money as a bad thing. Yes. We think of money as like the thing that's undoing everybody. Yes. But what money really does. So from a from a healer perspective, yeah. money is energy. Yes. So right. So money comes in, and if we love and reward the abundance of money and then we return the money back to things that matter right so you're returning to your family taking your family away giving them the gift of two weeks together yeah. somewhere special or you're going to your favorite restaurant that's privately owned by someone you're returning the money back to society so if you're receiving money as an abundant thing it's yeah. an exchange 
for your, what you're doing. You offer something and someone gives you something back. Money's really not a problem. Money's just paper. Yeah. And the paper has value and the value is what we place on it. I, I consider money an amplifier yeah. of our habits. So say I had a drug addiction um, and you gave me $10,000. It's not like all of a sudden my drug addiction is cured and it gets worsened. Yeah. But say I'm out, uh, say I'm Gandhi or Mother Teresa and want to contribute. Oh my God, wait. <laughs> say that again. I'm sorry. Them Gandhi or Mother yeah, Teresa. I'm just laughing. Oh, but just say someone that's <laughs> yeah. historically known for no, I know, I know. doing good. You give that person $10,000, I think it goes to a good charitable effort, right? 100%. So money amplifies who we are. And so, and there's another thing you have to realize your clients, if you're a healer, whatever industry you're in, your clients want you to be profitable. That's yeah. the, now, they never say it. Like, uh, your patient or this client will never come in and say, hey, can you rip me off? You know, <laughs> no. But a client will say, I need to get. I need to be healed. I need your guidance. I don't want you to be distracted and worried that you can't pay your bills. I want you fully uh, attentive to me during this session. Right. One hundred percent. The only way to do that is not to have financial worry. Yeah. And if you're sitting here saying, "I gotta get through this patient because I need another one. I gotta work through the night tonight," I, you can't put your full effort forward. So your mm-hmm. clients want that, mm-hmm. and they know the only way for you to do that is to be profitable. So they want you to be profitable. They won't say, "Take more money from me." But they will want your attention. So you have to build a business that is stable and allows you to to live comfortably. Yeah. So you're not not distracted. And not resentful. And not resentful, yeah. Right? Like when you do something for half price. Oh. Right? My and gosh, I mean if you're please don't do that. <laughs> but someone said to me once, and I forget who it was, said like Gucci doesn't go on sale. No. Right? Because they value their what their they value their service, they value their product. Yeah. And so when you value your service, you value your product, when you value yourself. Yeah. When you value your worth, I'm worth the money. That's you're giving that back to the person you're working with, whether it's in the healing arts or in business, right? When you go to speak, if you're speaking because you really love to and want to for a special place for free because it's whatever, the right. school, it's your son's school, you're valuing that. But if you're going somewhere that's a flight and it's a lot of work and you're taking away your time yeah. from other people, if you're getting paid, then you're like the, the exchange is even, which is really nice. I call money appreciation points. Mm-hmm. So if I pay ten dollars for something, or the exact same thing, I pay a thousand dollars for it. I appreciate that item way more. Totally. Right for a thousand dollars. Totally. Yeah. So don't you want your clients appreciating you? Mm-hmm. I think you have a responsibility to dictate what you are worth. Yes. Because then the client sees value. The, the riskiest thing we can do is give away things at half price or for free. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Like, oh, you're a friend of mine. I'll do this for free. Well, you used to. And the, the friend's never happy. No. That you got to do Like, they didn't pay you anything. And they're like, this sucks. Yeah. They want more. And it doesn't, they also then feel a sense of um, guilt. Yeah. Right? And they feel guilt. Right. So, um, so now let's go back to um, the profit aspect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you talked about profit, you take money out first. So if I so you said something like let's use $100 because I'm kindergarten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You get $100, yeah. someone pays you $100. Yeah. How do you take your profit? Oh, great great question. So you do this at a bank. Um, and the reason to do the bank is uh, most of us do what's called bank balance accounting. I log I still do it. I log into my bank account for my businesses and my personal and I look how much money I have. And it's a real simple rule. If I have money, I say I can spend it. And if I don't, I'm like, oh, God. And I start panicking, right? <laughs> right. So we need to set the system of the bank. We do it by setting up multiple accounts. It acts like an envelope system of olden days. Money comes into your income account. Now we're going to divide it up based upon predetermined percentages into a profit account 
other accounts too, owner's compensation, which is different than profit. Profit is a reward for starting a business, taking mm-hmm. on extraordinary risk like you have. Owner's compensation is for working within the business. You're an employee of your own company. Yeah. Um, then there's one for operating expenses. So when the bills come due, you pull it out of the operating expense account. So money comes in income, we may put, say, 20% into profit. So from $100, 20 bucks goes in there. We may say, well, I want to make some money. I'm going to pay myself 40 bucks or 40%. So 40 bucks goes in there. That means 40 plus 20 has been already accounted for. That leaves another 40 to operate the business. And in the past, I used to say, oh, I got 100 bucks to pay for whatever. No, no. Yeah. Now I realize I only have $40, what's an OPEX to run my business. Mm. I call this the business speaking to you. Because when you do this, you look at that stack of bills and say, oh, geez, I, I can't pay those bills anymore. And if you can't pay your bills, it's your business telling you you can't afford those bills. Mm-hmm. We're running too many expenses, so you have to cut those, and we're probably not charging enough. You need to increase your prices or right-size your prices. Yeah, and people never do that. So I, I can say personally, if someone gives me a check for $2,000, I'm like, yay, we're going right. to L.A. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. got the flight. yeah. One bite, <laughs> but but that's yeah. the truth, right? And you spoke about how um, someone was on TV talking about PS PX ninety P ninety X whatever, yeah, and all these things yeah. don't work, yeah. and about having a smaller plate, yeah. right? And um, I think that's interesting. Like we don't live within our means. No, we don't. So that that's Parkinson's law. You mentioned it earlier. Yeah. So Parkinson was a theorist in the nineteen fifties studying human behavior and noticed that as a resource expands its availability, our consumption increases to meet the supply. Mm-hmm. I'm addicted to chocolate chip cookies, and if you put you one, would not know it looking at you. Well, because I'll tell you what we did. Yeah. So I, I would if you put one chocolate chip cookie in front of me, I'll eat it. You put fifteen, I will eat more than one. So more supply consume more. How we've curbed that is uh, there's no chocolate chip cookies in the house. Krista yeah. will hide them or the kids will <laughs> Krista, eat them. I could see Krista hiding them. Oh, she totally will. <laughs> because I, I literally can't stop myself. So that's Parkinson's law. More cookies, more consumption. Same thing is not just true for cookies. It's true for money. The more money that's made available, the more our consumption increases. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing Parkinson's law noticed is that as we reduced the availability of something, it's forced frugality. There's only one cookie. Mm-hmm. I can only eat one. But also innovation kicks in. Yeah. And my favorite example is like with toothpaste. Mm-hmm. You ever notice like a brand new tube of toothpaste? You, you know, you just use it like normal. If, if some toothpaste falls in a sink, it's like, oh, that's disgusting. But when there's like no toothpaste left, and it's that like prune-like thing, yeah. all of a sudden you're, you become like Hercules or, or you know, or Wonder Woman. You're like, <laughs> squeezing it out, and uh, now one droplet's good. And, and if something falls in the sink, you know, you look around, no one's looking. You'll kind of sc- <laughs> yeah, scoop it back yeah. out. I use my finger. You know, use your yeah. finger. Oh, really? I got it. That's sanitary. <laughs> But we, we will do extraordinary things to preserve what we have when there's very little. Yeah. And the true thing is true with money. As we intentionally constrict how much money is available, less than operating expenses, only 40 bucks, our mind will kick into this innovative stage and say, okay, I can't spend this. How do I get by on this? And yeah. we will find a way. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because when I heard you talking about that, I was like, oh, <laughs> so that's why I'm always broke, right? Because you're the, human. But the truth... What I love about this is it's not even about willpower. It's not about changing your mind. It's changing your behavior. Right? Yes. So you can take year, I mean, years to change your thought process, oh, if ever, right? If so ever, hard. I would right? say like, yeah. You're very focused. Like what I can say, yeah. speaking about you, is because we used to live near each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I would see you running every morning, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, dude, I can, I'm barely up. He's running. And yeah. he runs this really successful business. I actually asked Diana... How does he stay healthy? Yeah. 
Like, how is he healthy? Like, you travel all the time, you do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you have very, you're very focused. Yeah. That said, your wife still has had the cookies because it's not really about willpower, it's about behavior. Yes, that's exactly it. And so when you talked about the five accounts at the bank, yeah, similar to when you said the envelopes like Dave Ramsey. Yeah. I know you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. Dave Ramsey. Well. Amazing. Clearly have not implemented what he said, but I'm going to try to implement what you said. So, but the idea of just, you just, you get the money in, you write away, take it out of the way. That's right. And you even said about your checks, you have a second signature. Yeah, yeah. Accountability. So, yeah, so the system here is, to your point, is to change our, our habits is very hard, but we can intercept them and... That's the great word. Yeah, intercept them and, and work with them. So channel what you already do. I actually don't like to exercise, and that sounds weird. I just, I like the feeling afterwards. That no, no doesn't question. sound weird. Yeah. I don't like to exercise. So when you see me running, I'll tell you what my trick is. Um, when I get out of bed, my running shoes are on top of the toilet because the first place I go is the bathroom. So the, I have to take those running shoes off the toilet seat, and then I'm like, oh, I start guilting myself. I'm like, just put the shoes on. Once the shoes are on, just walk outside, and it starts the momentum. If 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 they weren't there, I would not be exercising. You serious? I swear to God. Oh yeah, and I still do it today. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 intercept my path. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, that's how, that's what I do for most habit change. Because you even said with a bank, if you're going to go to a bank to remove money, you want it to be far away, so you have to do right. the, the drive of shame or something. The drive of shame. So right. that, that check. So um, I have a profit account. It's at a bank that's it's it's actually an online bank, but I don't even know the password, so I have to ask the password from Kelsey. My It's a pain in the ass. So we put money in this account. I don't know what the balance is. Yeah. At the end of the quarter, I can withdraw it, but the only way to withdraw it is to drive down to Larry's house, who's in Central Jersey, mm-hmm. and have him sign the check with me. He's a dual signature. Now, he doesn't own my business. He has no investment in my business, but he's my accountability partner. So uh, you were mentioning that story earlier, early on. We were about to go on vacation to um, Ireland, Krista yeah, and me. Yeah. And uh, we're about to go, and I'm taking it from profit. That's yeah. the intention to use it. And I'm taking this check out, and I call Larry. I say, hey, can you sign the check? He's like, yeah, come down, and I'll sign it. I say, great, come down. And he starts quizzing me. And I, I've worked with him for 10 years. He goes, uh, are you going to spend this on expenses? Are you going to use it for the business? I'm like, no, I'm going on vacation. He goes, show me the receipts and the bookings you know, for the hotels. I'm like, dude, you're such a dick. Okay. But you want someone like that to be yeah. your accountability partner. So once I said that profit is not being pushed back into the business, I'm using it for my own celebration, he released it. Yeah. Sadly, many people unwind the system. They move money to a profit, and then they can't pay a bill one day, and they push it back into the business. Yeah. Well, then it's never a profit. Now it's a shell game. Yeah. So you need a way to make sure you're held accountable. And so how do, they, how do you prevent, how would you tell people who are like, say, just getting on this game, yeah. about to go buy your book, and yeah. they're like, um, uh, what do I do right now? Um, I have you know enough money in the account to pay my next month's rent. And that's it, right. And I have three clients coming in. Like, I need to get clients. Yeah. I need to do... What would you say to them? All right. Start the profit first system immediately. Mm-hmm. No matter, even if you have one half of one client who kind of shows up sporadically and they're drunk. Like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's a starting point, right? Yeah. Right. Then set up that one account. So the, the entire system's actually seven to more accounts. But start with just one at your bank and go to de- go immediately. Once you set up this account, it's a savings account called profit. Allocate only 1% of your income. And now if $100 comes in, I'm saying take a dollar yeah. because there's no difference between 199 bucks. Yeah. Okay. So it won't affect your business negatively in how you currently operate it, but it starts this habit now. Now, every time a deposit comes in, 
1%, a dollar's going in, a dollar's going in. And I know it happens. We have over 150,000 companies doing this, Tiffany. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's, right? Are you like blown away? Blown away. It's my dream. Yeah. I, yeah. It's it's my dream. Like to get stopped at like, an airport, someone's like, are you the author of or to be in a country? It's, I just... I got I got I got a video from a guy in Russia yesterday, and he's like, you know, Daniet Spasib. I don't know what he's saying. He's saying something in Russia, <laughs> yeah. but he's like, uh, he basically when I got it translated, he said this has changed my life. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. So it's it's a dream come true for and me. And you have like a, uh, and I'm, I'm watching time. You have like the groups that are like professional groups that do. Like yeah. It's, so we've certified over 400 accountants and bookkeepers in this process. That's an. This is amazing. Yeah, so, all that little office upstairs. Well, it's a be- it's a beautiful. It's office. a beautiful office. Um, but and this whole building is beautiful. I, lo- oh, I yeah, love this oh, building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. And um, and you have a great view. And we have a great as view. As my husband just saw. Yeah. Um, but also I think it's interesting because I remember when you started with the twelve year entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the cool thing because it was like twelve year entrepreneur, and it was similar to the toothpaste. Yeah. If you're if you're yes. down to your last yes. piece, what do yes. you do? Yes. Right, like. So it's the difference of having this big role versus that one little piece. Yes. And, you know, there were many times when I was down to my last piece or just down to the cardboard, and I was like, cardboard is paper. (laughs) Well, I actually did think. Oh, cardboard is paper, right, right. (laughs) But I did think, what would Mike do, right? Like. And so, to and, and just for me to see the transformation, and I've heard a lot of your stories. I've heard about the Valentine's Day and stuff like that. Um, I just want to say you're amazing, and I I will also say that in the, all the how many years have I known you? Thirteen, fifteen. Yeah, like that. almost fifteen years. Yeah. You've always been impressive. You've always I've because I've listened to your stories and all we've drank things. together. We have. Well, you and my wife have. I've come home to you two sitting on the couch. She like, made um, rip roared. But she made like not asparagus. The things that you open and there's butter inside. Oh, um, artichoke. <laughs> she loves artichoke. She's beautiful too. She's a beautiful. So she was just on a podcast. Yeah, she. <laughs> she and I was came like, in. I should have invited Krista. We call you should you should interview her. I we, should. we did. We called it married. To, actually, you should because we yeah. did this thing called Married to Mayhem. Yeah. And what we want to do is show what it's like to be the spouse of an entrepreneur. Yeah. And when they're like Dave's, Dave's a spouse to an entrepreneur. Yeah. They're running shotgun. It, <laughs> yeah. the, the analogy is. It's like a race car careening down the road. They're sitting in the passenger seat with no steering wheel, of course, but no seatbelt. And we, the driver, we don't have a steering wheel either. <laughs> All we have is a gas pedal. <laughs> and we just keep it in gas. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. She's, she does a great job with it, though. Yeah. And so just so you know, and, and I, I appreciate you coming in. I know you're really short on time. I'm so glad that you're here for so many reasons, a hundred reasons. Um, but I will say that you've always been, I've always seen you in this space of you always come off as very confident oh. and you always really carry yourself really well and present really well like I what, all the things you've been through and definitely read all of Mike's books starting with Profit First and then <laughs> get your you. profit going so you can sit down and relax and have a, read a book yeah, there you go. <laughs> you'll have the money to do it um, <laughs> you you did it thank you you did this by yourself obviously with the help of your family the love and support of your family and then Dela yeah. A little piggy bank. Oh, yeah. Like, she's amazing. But you've done a beautiful job. And so I really want you to take a moment. I'm sure you, hopefully you do this. Hopefully you're you're called and invited to do this. But just take a moment to really relish all the great things you've done and the way in which you're changing other people's lives yeah. by teaching them something that seems very simple, but the implementation is very unfamiliar because the people who haven't read the book don't really operate that way. So Thank you for saying that. And yeah. I, I do, but now... 
I'm going to make it a deliberate practice today. I will do it Starting again. Starting today. Yeah. And every time you squeeze your toothpaste, <laughs> seriously, I know you're laughing, but every time you squeeze your toothpaste, and it, whether it's full or empty, I want you to say, damn, I paid for this toothpaste on my own. Like, I did this myself. Yeah. And again, when I say on my own, I, I understand that you have a team of people who love you and work with you. Yeah. Um, but really, like, dude, that it's a lot on your plate. It's a lot of pressure and all these things. And you're doing it smiling. You're doing it running. Like, you... No, really. Like, yeah. you have a great... You've always just with such a great personality. Now I love me. I really love there me. There you go. He said it. He said it. <laughs> you're I love good, myself. You're worthy, there Michael. There you go. Thank there you. you go. So, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Access and Expand the Conversations with Tiffany Karen. If you like this, please go ahead and share the link.